Hey guys, be sure to check out our sponsors, the ones that help us make this possible. Taylor's Tins, a longtime sponsor, probably the first sponsor of National Fire Radio. Taylor and his crew have become good friends of ours here at National Fire Radio, and they've always been a supporter of what we've been in our mission. And so, Taylor, thank you. And a quick shout-out to them. Established in 2017, Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing helmet fronts made of tin. They could be deconned. Stop burning up your leather shields. They're making an incredible product. They are the definition of customer service. One to two day turnaround time for shield orders up to 500 pieces. They have shields in bulk order to large cities and municipalities down to the one-off custom shields that they design on the fly. Go to www.taylorstins.com. Send them a message through the website. They'll get back to you immediately from custom design to out the door is typically less than two days. Customer service is their forte. They are very good at what they do. Helmet fronts? Nope. They got more than that. They got signs. They got locker tags, keychains, signage, awards, banquet gifts. You name it, they can do it. Check them out at taylorstins.com. Taylor, thank you for the support. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being a longtime sponsor of National Fire Radio. In the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Another great sponsor of the National Fire Radio podcast, Fire Department Coffee. Based out of Rockford, Illinois, Fire Department Coffee is a veteran-owned, firefighter-run coffee company dedicated to providing great-tasting, freshly roasted coffee to people everywhere, along with providing a growing selection of incredible coffee, including signature spirit-infused roasts. Fire Department Coffee also supports our fellow first responders in need through the Fire Department Coffee Foundation by giving back to those who have been injured on the job, mentally or physically, or who are facing other serious health challenges. Fire Department Coffee is a stand-up company. They are friends. Jason Patton and his crew, they do incredible work. They have a, a great product that is doing what we need to be doing, supporting our own. So, Jason and the crew of Fire Department Coffee, thank you for your sponsorship and support of the National Fire Radio platform. We appreciate your friendship, and we love your coffee. Hey everyone, Jeremy, National Fire Radio, back at it on the audio platform. We are pushing out a new episode every single day. Today, Bobby Eckert, a friend of mine. We've come up through the social media channels together. He's built out Eckert Fire Tactics. He's a captain out of Camden, New Jersey, and he's an all-around straight shooter and, and, and talker. And uh, he follows up his talk with actions. Bob, happy to call you a friend and a brother, and I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. What's cooking, bud? Likewise, buddy. No, nothing. Same old, same old. You know, out there grinding. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, you're always out there grinding. And um, I think that is what is validating every single day as you move forward in this industry. And as you as your career grows and, and your tenure grows, um, you're making an impact, brother. You are truly making an impact in this business. Really talking about just common sense, street smart, you know, pedigree, squared away. You surround yourself with good people. You have an excellent training company that's doing a lot of good work out there. Um, and we could talk about that for days, but I want to talk about some other things, right? So the, the whole point of these daily podcasts that I'm putting out is, you know, talking with different guys, but I just want to get into like one topic and roll with it. And, um, I know you were on our podcast a while back, uh, several years ago when we first started and, yeah, uh, like five years now, right? Bro, it's, it's almost five years ago. You were one of our wow. first and, you know, found you on social media. We didn't know each other, um, before yeah. that. And you came up, and man, that was when we were still in the garage, right? Like the podcast yeah, with, the, with the elk head that was above my head. 
Man, that's it feels like a lifetime ago, but it was literally uh, just four to five years ago. And um, I loved every second of our interview with you because you put it all out there. You were very open and honest with us. You talked about your injury, your almost your uh, injury that almost killed you uh, and, and was debilitating to you for a long time in your career and in your health and your family. Uh, and then you also talked about a lot of other things that I think people woke up to because you have an incredible passion when you talk about the fire service. Where does that come from? Um, no, I don't know. I, I guess just growing up around it, you know, I'm a second generation fireman. My dad was a fireman. He was the fire chief when I was a young kid, uh, in the town I grew up in and, you know, just following him around and watching him. And, you know, I, I think if I look back at it right now at this moment, just watching how people respected my father, um, you know, and watching his work ethic, I think that is what bit me. And then, like, the work ethic and, and, and the thing about being respected. And, and, and then as I learned more about the job, I just absolutely fell in love with it to the point where, you know, it became an obsession. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 and I'm still obsessed with it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm driving to Harrisburg today to, to party at the Allison tonight and uh, lecture tomorrow. And I, can't, I cannot wait for it. That place is paradise. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it is. That, is. that is a place that I think everybody needs to visit once in their career just because it is a place that really uh, solidifies what this job is all about and the brotherhood and the camaraderie and, and, the, and the friendships that are made. But um, I want to say this, right? I know how important your parents are to you. I've met them. I've met your – I've met them. I see you post pictures of your father when long coat and the battery flashlight, you know, the big box battery flashlight and the yeah. – you know, I mean, I think it was like a station wagon chief's car if I remember correctly, like all that cool <laughs> Cool yep. shit, man. And, yeah. And like that to me, that left so much imagery in my world too. And that fueled a lot of like where my passion comes from as well. So I totally relate with that. I want to talk about a couple things. Um, the one thing you talk about a lot, like when we talk about your classes that you give, you do a lot of lectures, you do your hands on, your hands on, taking it to the streets. You got your idiot's guide to building construction. These are, these are topics that are important to you because they're street smart firefighting topics. And in a city that you work, Camden, New Jersey, it's a tough town. Um, there's a lot going on there. It is a, uh, it's a city that doesn't sleep. It's a city that produces fires. Uh, and you've been there for quite a while now in your career. And so I know how important the process is for studying the neighborhoods. I know guys that work in, in difficult uh, cities and so on study the neighborhoods. They understand the buildings, the layouts, the infrastructure. Talk about how important that is. And then I want to talk about your routines, your drive in the work, your drive out of work, and, and what you what goes through your brain and uh, and so on. I'd love to just pick your brain about that for a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I hate surprises. Uh, probably the reason why nobody's ever thrown me a surprise party. I'd probably find out about it and ruin it. I don't like surprises at work. I like when a physical address is dropped. I like to be able to close my eyes and know exactly where it is, what it is, what's across the street from it, what's next to it, what's attached to it, and what's in front of it, uh, what's behind it, all that stuff. So I make it my mission, and this is just me, I make it my mission to get on the street and learn that first do, the, and second do, and third do, and just learn my city. My city is nine point, it's 14 square miles, but 9.9 square miles of land. And I don't think there isn't a street that I don't know. I might get a one-way wrong here and there, but I don't really use my map book other than for hydrant grids and things of that nature. And I'm, and I'm pretty good with hydrant locations now. 
but it's just so important to me because I, I, I think if you emphasize what it means to be a good firefighter, you know, there's that, there's that total package. And that total package firefighter can work in any position in any company. He, he or she can drive, operate, don't need a map book, know where they're going, know the one ways, know the turns, know the running routes. And, um, you know, it's just something, it's just something that, that, that I feel is just so important. And it kind of became something, you know, I'm not from Camden. I moved there for the job and, you know, out of respect for the job and respect for the fire department, respect for the residents, I felt the best way for me to not only hone my skills the best I can, but the best way for me to learn how to be a firefighter in that city is to know that city and know the streets, know the neighborhoods and know the people and know what's going on. I love that. I mean, that, that's fueled by, I'm sure, the the nostalgia of your love for the fire service, right? I mean, you're heading into work every day. I've seen it firsthand. I mean, I see how serious you are about this. This is not something that you take lightly. You are very passionate about your city. You're very passionate about, um, you know, firefighting in that city, the people, the residents of that city, the compassion you have for them. I've seen it. Um, and then the history of it, right? You are a huge history buff. And I have to think that, well, you are, right? And and I am. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? But that also is a big part of why you're as passionate as you are about the city of Camden. I mean, you went, you've gone all in on Camden. I did. I did at a young age, and um, I have no regrets. Even when I was laid off, it's still, you know, it, it was just trying to get my job back there and not work anywhere else. But, yeah, I mean, if you look, you know, there, there's a saying that I read, and I forget where I read it. I, I believe it's thing it might be out of Notre Dame but I could be wrong you know you don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been and if that thing's always stuck with me and I, I think anybody you don't have to be a buff to to resonate with the history of your fire department but I think it's good to learn some of the struggles and how your fire department evolved and came up through different times at you know through you know when it when its inception was to now you know there might be some struggles there might not be some struggles there might be some good times some bad times all that stuff but you know, I, I think history plays a part in tradition of what we do, and not everybody has to be in it. You know, you can never expect anybody to have the same enthusiasm as you do about the fire service, because if you do, you're only going to get frustrated because they're not going to have it. You know, not everybody's as passionate as me. Not everybody is as big as a buff as me, but I try to go hang out with the buffs so I, I can speak buff fluently. But, you know, I think if you learn the history of your fire department, even a little bit, I, I think it helps you propel your career and your understanding of where you want to take it in the future, if that makes sense. No, it, it absolutely does. And it also allows you to not take for granted how you got there. I mean, you know, the, yeah, the, the reason why you have the position you have or the, or you're in the company you're in is because of the people that have come before you, the city that supported it or didn't support it, the fire chiefs that did it or didn't do it, the officers and the, the, the rank and file that have, you know, the blood, sweat and tears of building out that history leading up to where your current spot is in the fire service. And at the end of the day, we're all going to disappear. We're all going to go away. And I talk about that. Go ahead. No, that's the thing. I mean, everybody's career ends and you try to get out of it and, and, and be as impactful as you can during it. But, you know, like I look at my father, my father's 84. He's not a fireman. I mean, he's always going to be a fireman. Sure. But he hasn't fought a fire or been on a, been on a fire as a, as a, as a participant in a long time. Yeah. So, you know, it does end for everybody, you know, when you choose and how you choose to end is, is, is on you. Well, some people can't control it due to injury and things of that nature, but you know, why I look at it while I'm here, 
I'm going to try to get as much out of it as possible. Hell yeah, man. That comes to a fault too, because my family gets affected by that. You know, I, I, I am sometimes very selfish when it comes to the fire service experience and buff shows and, um, you know, overtime or whatever. Uh, I, I, I try to be around as much as possible almost to a fault, but I'm also somebody that gets firehoused out and needs a break. Uh, I'm off from work Monday and I actually can't wait to be off. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. Um, there's so much that you just said right there. I want to just unpack some of that um, real quick. I know that people that are typically very passionate about a certain topic, whether it's the fire service or, or anything else for that matter, you know, a lot of times we take for granted what's in front of us and, and the unconditional support we get from families. And so it certainly does. Career volunteer, it doesn't really matter. When, when you're in love with the process, in love with the job or the, the passion you have for that, it does affect your every day. You sometimes priority, your priorities get skewed and sometimes you put that before. Trust me, I've had those struggles in my own home. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that we do. Um, Isn't it crazy, though? Like, it, like yeah. I even think, I mean, you know, you're on the career end, but you were a volunteer early on, too, in, in life. And before. I'm, going, I'm, going back, I'm going back to as soon as, as, soon as Reese gets in kindergarten. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I love I'm that. that back, that's a fun conversation. I'd like that. Yeah. But I know, like, for me, man, in the volunteer service, man, I – I put it in front of a lot of things. And, and I often say to myself, now that I'm a little bit older, a little more mature, I go, man, I'm still putting this place ahead of other priorities in my life. It's kind of crazy. It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, it, it, I, I was in a Patterson the other day. Uh, we were up there doing something with those guys. And, you know, we were just sharing, like, firehouse humor and conversations. And it's so true. And I'm sure everybody's heard this saying, but it, it's the same circuit, different clowns. Sure. It really is 100%. everywhere you go. Hundred percent. Everywhere you go. Yeah. So, all right. So let's let's hop back on track a little bit. Um, you're driving right now. You said you're on your way to Harrisburg. When you're driving, yeah. right? What yeah. are you What are you looking at? What goes through your brain? Because I know a lot of times when I'm in the car and I'm I'm driving through a city or I'm looking at a residential neighborhood or a strip mall or something. I think most of our brains go right to firefighting a lot of the times, sure. or, you know, they should. Absolutely. Talk about that process for you a little bit. Say it's, uh, you know, five, th- I know you like to get into work early. So you, you take a different route into work typically, and you take a different route home typically, right? Yeah. I, uh, I'm an hour into work early for the reason, again, I don't like surprises. So as, as a captain, you know, my job is not to check the rig, but my job is I'm in charge of that whole thing. I'm in charge of that whole, whole thing. So I get into work. I get my gear out of my locker. I, first thing I do is check my turnout gear. Uh, and then I check my air pack. I make sure there's air coming out of it. I make sure everything's working with it. I set my tools. I set my, my officer seat up. And then I check the rig. I check the rig myself. And I do that. Uh, out of respect for the job and out of respect for the residents that were there to protect because, you know, roll calls at seven and, you know, guys are shooting the shit and drinking coffee and they might not get their hands on that stall to check it until 7.15, 7.20. Well, what happens at 7.05 when there's a fire or people trapped or whatever? I just, I like to make sure everything's running, everything's, everything's up and squared away. And that's just me. And I'm not saying that's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's, that's my routine when I get to work. When well, exactly. You, to work, you have a routine. You have a routine that's important to you. It is. Uh, when I drive to work, uh, I have 
four different Wawa's, which is a convenience store that you can get fuel at. That I like a drink that they have, uh, an energy drink. It's all natural. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's chocolate fuel. I'm sure people drink it. Uh, yep. Got it. Yeah. So I like to get two of them. I'll take a different. I'll pick a different Wawa, and then I'll just pick. I'll pick a different route into work. Uh, being in a truck now, I'm getting to see more of the city than I did when I was localized in an engine company. So I'll swing around. I'll come in one direction. I'll come in another direction, and I'll just see what's going on in the city. I'll see what part of it's alive, what part of it's dead, who's still awake, who's not. Um, if there was a fire. The days I was off and I was not there, I will go to that address, get out, and try to see what was going on there. Uh, this is all before I'm even at the firehouse. And it's just – it's something that's important to me. It's something that, you know, I just I just like looking at the buildings, the building construction. You know, uh, I like to know where people are at, where people are not. We are a city that does have uh, a transient population of homeless people, and, you know, it is getting colder. I like to see where they're at, what they're doing, where they're where where they're staying, where they're not staying. It puts you in a mindset, uh, yeah, right? I mean, you're on oh, your way in. I mean, yeah. Your your mindset is work now. I have to yes. shut off life. Right. Um, even though my wife will text me, I'm sure everybody's wife or husband texts them when they're at work. You know, where's this? What's that? This is what's going on. I still shut it off. I have to. Um, I have to shut it off. That's just how I am as a person. I'm at work and, and, and that's where I'm at. I, I leave I leave my home life at the door, at the front door of my house when I walk out of it. And I put some pretty heavy metal music on when I'm driving to kind of just get me in the zone uh, of work. You know, my mindset is I'm going to go to the worst working fire of my career today. And whether I do or don't is, you know, up to the day. But, um, you know, you know I not- just try to have that. Not, o- not always easy, right? Because some days, I mean, those, those real life, uh, those real life challenges that we have outside of the firehouse are carried over. And on that ride to work, your mind wanders thinking about, you know, paying that next bill or making a mortgage payment or your sure. or your or your kids not feeling well or there's an illness like all these things. Right. But I, I believe everything plays into it. And, but I believe wholeheartedly that, you know, you do have to try to turn it off as you step across that threshold into the firehouse because, and even in the volunteer service, I mean, this isn't just a career thing. This is a conversation in general. You got to be focused, man. This is, this is a job that requires an incredible focus. It, it does. And a lot of poise as well. You know, you got to be yeah. poised and you got to keep your edge. Um, you know, it's so easy. It's so easy to get hurt doing this job. Yeah. I mean, seriously injured. And I think people don't realize it when they're getting into it or getting involved in it or, you know, they, 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 they've never seen it, you know, they've never seen it, a firefighter get seriously injured. You know, I've been to fires where, where firefighters have had debil- debilitating career ending injuries. Yourself and, included. Well, you know, I mean, I was almost one of them, but yes. you know, you, you, you gotta keep, you gotta keep your edge and, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm a human being like everybody else, you know, Maybe I woke up, maybe I went to bed too late because I watched the game and I'm tired. Um, You know, maybe, maybe I got a headache. Maybe I got a cold. Maybe my allergies, I I have terrible allergies right now. Maybe my allergies are killing me. So, you know, you got to, you got to try, got to try to combat that. But I I think putting yourself in a mental mindset helps you live in the reality that you're in for however long you're going to be there inside the firehouse. Yeah. Um, How do you, you and I, I, I think, 
I think it's important for people to understand that, but I think it, it also affects our mental health in a way where, you know, decompression is a must. For sure. Right. I mean, you said it earlier that you're looking forward to your day off from the firehouse where you're going to be able to drop, get the kids to school and you got some downtime for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly needed and you certainly have to recognize too. I think we need to do a better job at recognizing when we do need to turn some things off or prior to, or change our priorities around a little bit to, to look at ourselves. You know, we just talked about it yesterday on a podcast where we were talking about sometimes the focus gets too skewed though. And we focus too much on ourselves and that's where the collective whole suffers. Right. So there's that fine balance of, of understanding that when you get to the firehouse, man, it's not about you. Uh, outside of the firehouse, you can take some time to decompress and get it together and, and give yourself some time. But when you step across that threshold into the firehouse, man, it's, it's game time for not you. It's, it's game time for everybody else. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And it, it's a team sport. It really is. And, you know, whether I don't always equate firefighting to athletics, but it is a team aspect. So, you know, collectively you have to survive forever long you're there with everybody else around you. You know, I'm talking about survival, like live in the firehouse. Again, whether it's career volunteer, you've got to be in that firehouse together. So, you know, there's a lot of coexisting going on. I mean, if you're if you, if the if the if you're there for a period of time where you're going to eat and you don't talk about the meal right away, I don't know what's wrong with you. But you got to get that. That's the most important conversation of the day. <laughs> it sets the it sets the tone, right? Sets yeah, the day. Gonna, how, how we gonna, how we going to fuel ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you this. So you you take the time. You're in. Uh, at least an hour early, you said, right, I believe. And, and on the ride in, you are focusing on the neighborhood, the surroundings on the way in. You get to work. You walk the floor. You do your tasks. What does it take for you to, um, you know, I'm just curious your routine when it comes to working with the guys on the floor. I mean, I'm sure you have your level of expectation for your group, and they know what their output needs to be, and it needs to match a certain tempo that you require and so on. What do, What does that morning conversation look like? I mean, because I know – I like to check in with guys. I do it in the when I'm in the firehouse, but I also do it in life. I like to just check in with guys, see where they are. How important is that to, to get a good handle on your own people and understand where they are that morning? Thousand percent. I, I, I can tell I've worked with these guys for six years now in the yeah. firehouse, the firehouse. I can tell right away by looking at them if they're off or on. So uh, I like to I actually um, I don't drink coffee. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I got a big, I got a big uh, tumbler mug that I go fill up by the water, uh, the water jug, and the water jug's right by the back door of the firehouse. So I'm usually hanging out the back door of the firehouse, uh, bullshitting with the guys from the night tour, and drinking my water. And I, I really like watching my guys come in the back door of the firehouse. I think uh, I can gauge them. Says a lot. It, um, I do it every day. It's almost like a habit forming to me now like i just do it and i like to just look at their personalities coming in and that was actually passed on to me somebody somebody gave me that advice a really good captain i work with uh gave me that advice and it, it's really helped me out but uh you know we got a we got a, a captain's test coming up so a lot of guys are studying right now so there's also that that pressure on you know the, the guys below me that are trying to study sure. and get study time in so you know i've dialed back training for my guys to, to get their study time in. Yeah. I mean, no, who, I get am I, mm-hmm. who, who am I to take? I know what it's like to study with kids at home. Sure. Same. So who am I to take away from you? So, you know, we've kind of adjusted our plan in the last few months to let guys get that time in to hit the books. 
I love that. No, that's cool. I mean, I, I think that's very, really sound advice. And I'm, I'm glad that you're talking about that because, you know, that leads me down the road of mentorship. And, and, you know, you talked about your father earlier, how his love and passion for the fire service at, at a young age when you were a young, you know, a young child and watching your dad be so civic minded in, in his response to his duties and so on really laid the, the, you know, drew, drew the blueprint and laid the foundation for you as to where you are today. How important though is mentorship? Are you becoming a mentor? I mean, you know, you, you, you're uh, promoting up the ranks, you're captain now. Um, so there's gotta be, uh, and then not only that, Bob, but take it outside of your own department. I mean, with Eckerd fire tactics and what you've been able to build with the, the persona and the crew that you surround yourself with and the amount of hands-on training and lecture series that you guys offer, you're making an impact. And I think that people, uh, are looking to you as a mentor and, you know, I know a lot of guys don't like that conversation. Um, but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I also think, though, that it, it requires a tremendous amount of responsibility when you are uh, considered to be a mentor or in a position of uh, influence, if you will. There's a tremendous amount of responsibility that goes with that. How do you deal with that? Um, well, I would be the one person like others that don't like having that conversation. Of course. But, I, uh, I get it, but I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I wanna... You know, it's... It, it, you know, I don't, I don't look at myself as somebody's mentor. Have I mentored people? I know I have. I, I know I have. I actually got to work with a kid yesterday uh, who got transferred to the squad, and he came back. He took a detail yesterday to the engine, and, um, you know, he, I got him out of the academy, and he was my nozzleman for almost four years. And, you know, I was able to really, you know, uh, break that kid down and build him back up and to watch him grow and watch him on the fire ground because I'm on – I'm a, I'm a ladder on his box. So if yeah. we get a fire, I'm there. And to watch him perform and to actually see him uh, retain some of the things that I've shown him, it, it, it feels really good. That's cool. Um, you know, I can, I can say this. You know, I'm going to be 40. In the last five or six years, I've really cleaned my act up. And I had to for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is is the platform that, uh, we've built, my team and I have built that, you know, you're right. I am out there a little bit and I don't want to be a negative influence on anybody. So it's accountability. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Personal, personal accountability. But, you know, there was a time, there was a time in my life where I was the captain and she's worst nightmare. And I was that firefighter at sure. work and I get it, you know, um, I'm almost glad that I was because it, 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 it's humbled me. To, to be uh, a better person now, but you know, people don't forget who you, who you were. If that makes sense. No, it, it yeah. does. And I, I think that that is, that makes for a very interesting conversation because I think some of the best leaders we have were also the guys that push boundaries, the guys that had some personal struggles themselves, which makes them better when they can pick themselves up and, and so on. So, I mean, I understand that. I mean, I've had my own struggles too through life, you know, and, and now at 45 years old, I, I like to think that I'm in a much better place than I was when I was 35, let alone 25. And that goes with, sure. you know, everything in life, how I was as a son, a brother, a husband, a father, like all those things. Right. But in the firehouse in particular, like, you know, we have a lot of guys that are uh, young, aggressive, you can't, you know, don't mess with me type guys, guys that know it all. And I think when they get humbled or they start to realize that there's more to the picture, they become better leaders. I think when 
I think when guys push boundaries and they they are, um, I don't know, challenging, if you will. Like, what did you say? The Chiefs' worst nightmare, or whatever it was, right? Like, yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, but it puts you it puts you in a position where when if you can start to dial that back with maturity and understanding and accountability and start holding yourself more accountable for your actions and your words. I think you get a better understanding and you're much more well-rounded in the response to as you get older and mature that you can start uh, people start looking at you in a different light where you can start saying, listen, man, I've been there. I've had that same struggle you had. I've, I've been there. I've been down that road. I promise you it gets better. And this is how we get better. You know, that type of conversation. I think it's yeah, important. You can always, yeah. You can always clean up your act. It's never too late to start that situation or have that conversation. And if you're ever struggling, man, hey, reach out to me. I, I, I can. Yeah. I, I've been there, you know. But you know, there's a lot to be said about mentorship. Um, you know, social media is it's got good and bad uh, reach to it. For sure. And I think one of the one of the bad things is is if somebody can look to a personality on the internet and be like, man, I want to be like that guy, or I, I want to emulate myself around them, where they don't work in your department or are from the area you're in, and they might they might be the best guy in the world, but they might not give you the most sound advice because they can't resonate with with your reality of how where you are and, and where you work and things like that. So you know if you have a mentor or you're looking for a mentor, you know you can obviously pick things up along the way from 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 names out there in the fire service. But you know the mentor you're probably looking for is is right in front of you and you don't even know it. Yeah, that's really that's really good. That's really good advice. I like that. And that, something else I picked up on before too that I just want to filter back real quick that goes hand in hand with this is, you know, you said when you started your platform and surround yourself with really good people, those people trust you. Those people that that you have brought on board with Eckert Fire Tactics believe in you because if they didn't, they wouldn't be there, right? And so with that, you're making an impact. You and and whether it's directly or indirectly, you're making every time you put a social media post up, every time you do a lecture, every time you do a class, whether they see you in front of the classroom or at the bar afterwards having a pop or, or a conversation, it's how you conduct yourself. There's a lot of accountability there, but you're making an impact. And so I, I think it's I think what you said is just so powerful is that you recognize that and that helped you come further. I, you know, I think. One of the things I can say about me personally and everybody that works for uh, our company, and it's our company, you know, we, we, we all share sure, it together, sure. is, um, you know, we try to make time for everybody. And I think that goes a long way. And I remember when I was coming up as a very young firefighter and taking classes and the instructor just making time for you after the class and answer some questions, whatever they may be it really went a long way with me at the time in my life. And I never not want to, I never not want to make time for people. You know, I, I try to answer every single solitary direct message that's sent to me. And as you know, that can be um, hard to do. And for I sure. try to answer every question and I try to be there in every way, you know, and so do, so do, so does our, so does our staff. Our staff goes out of their way. They really are, they really are the best at what they do. I, I can't say enough. Their humility, their professionalism, and just their talent exceeds anything that you know I could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, so, I, listen, I know that I know that's super important to you because I know the, the the through conversation that we've had and when you do, you're taking it to the streets and you do classes. The a lot of the feedback that people give is like your instructors are approachable. 
they're one of us. They, they, they'll take that extra minute and walk us through it again, or they'll, they'll break it down for us in a way that we could better understand. And so obviously that mantra then of, of what you truly believe in, it has been instilled throughout the cadre that you have. It's yeah. It, and you know, when I built the team, it was, uh, you know, I had some, some, some names in mind and, they've given me names and, you know, it just kind of has flowed organically to this, this awesome team. And, you know, we got all walks of life on a team, which is cool. You know, we got like, you know, you got Jason Urban, the wizard, who is <laughs> arguably probably one of our, our most experienced guys. And, you know, from, we got it, you know, we have our, our, our youngest guy, um, we, we call him baby Joey, Joe Plumbo Jr. Who's, you know, he, he's 24 years old, but the kid works in, in a place where, he's got the experience at a young age and, right. you know, we work him in training. So, you know, we have, we have everything that, that, that meets, you know, in, in between and, and both ends of the spectrum to try to resonate with the, the person taking our class. I think it's important. And I think when you're, I think when you're training firefighters, um, you know, I, I think just a sense of positivity through instruction just goes a long way. I, I do too. I also think reality is important. I think too often we talk in theory or we talk in what ifs, but in reality, you know, this job is a lot of the same all the time. And it's that, that street smart, that understanding tactics and, and hands-on approach that is realistic, I think is really where you can drive that training home to the individuals. What was, what was your push? Like where, where did, where did this desire to bring on this massive headache that you have and live every single day? <laughs> where did this come from, man? Cause I know that like, you know, I know the conscious conversation I had with myself when I was like, Hey, I think I want to do this. And then I was like, Holy shit. What does this look like? And for you, you, you I mean, you, this is a massive undertaking. I mean, this is a, this is it, a big business. It, it, it turned into a full-time job very fast. Yeah. Talk about um, it. You know, it's. I would watch my father as a child train firefighters. Collinswood had a drill tower. I still have it, but, you know, it's, it's not. They don't. It's New Jersey. You can't burn in it. But back in the day, they did. Right. And, you know, I would watch my dad conduct his training like like they would light fires and roll in and, and do, like, you know, rolling responses. You know, this is the 80s. And, you know, just watching how you could see, as, even as a young child, I could see how through repetition guys would actually stretch the line better than they did the first time or second time. And I would watch this and I always wanted to be a fire instructor. Like it was always like on my radar. Like I thought it was cool. And, you know, um, I, I would say when I first got into it, I didn't understand the magnitude of the responsibility that comes with it. Um, but you know, I got hired at the local fire academy and, uh, you know, you start small teaching fire one, which I miss teaching fire one so much not even funny i wish i could do it um i, yeah. I wish there was a way that i could fire tax people but you know i'd be there and they would teach something and i'm like that's not how you do this and, and you'd be with another instructor be like well this this is how you do it and i'm like dude i just did this last night like at a fire and <laughs> it doesn't work at you know what, what you're saying doesn't work right and with, with the frustrating and teaching the some of the curriculum i was just there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. And I kind of parted ways at the fire Academy um, mutually. And as I was sitting there laid up with my head injury, twiddling my thumbs, you're out on the internet and you're just looking and looking and looking and looking. And I'm just thinking like, I know I could add my spin, my flavor to this. 
And I just one day, uh, you know, we started lecturing through a couple people just to say, hey, you should get out there and lecture and fill the main and blah, blah, blah. So I did that. And um, I just one day, I just decided to take the leap. I had a conversation with a friend <laughs> and, you know, not not knowing at all where it would lead me or whatever. And I just, I took a leap and yeah. didn't look back since. And to, to, to see what it's grown into and to see where we're at now, it, I mean, I have more equipment than most fire departments. I, I'm not joking. And, oh, I believe it. I believe it. And, you know, we, we, we want to bring a certain experience to people that certain places can't duplicate. And the only way I can duplicate these experiences, I swear to God, it's not the equipment. I swear to God, it's not the props. You know, the props are amazing. It is literally the team that I have. Yeah. That's, that, that, that is the ingredient. Like, the, we, we have the ingredient, and the ingredient is the people. It's crazy. I never would have thought it in a million years when I first started it. But the ingredient is the men and two ladies that work for Factor Fire Tactics that every day just exceed. And, you know, they to ask somebody to wear your last name on a shirt yeah. and work for you, yeah. I, I always thought it was weird. Like, I sometimes I get uncomfortable with it, but it's not my last name. It's my father's last name. Wow. And it's one of the reasons why I, why I named it that way, I, to, to pay respect out of my father and his career and and, you know, him putting me on this path. But, you know, then our, our team's amazing. And to see them in action, I'm always in awe. And they always, no matter what it is, whether it's a drill night, whether it's, um, you know, maybe, maybe we're doing something for, for somebody or we're holding a, a full class weekend, they always, no matter what, exceed and blow it out of the water. And, you know, FBIC was a perfect example. You know, we were throwing massive curveballs, and you know, we just we just batted them out of the park. Can't teach the people. You need yeah. good people, and uh, True, you know, you surround yourself with good people, uh, and good things happen. And uh, you know, props and training grounds, and don't don't compare to the passion, drive, and desire it is to better someone else. And when your when your crew, your employees, your firefighters, whether it's your company, your company, you know, your business company, your fire company, or anything in between, man, you, it's so important to surround. It's people. People make that difference. It's true, and there, there's so many, there's so many amazing people in the fire service. Yes, you know, in 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 all levels, from entry level to you know older guys. Yes, um, you know, and in between, and I, I get to interact with a with a lot of them on, on, a, on a daily basis. I literally do. I interact with the fire service on a daily basis. And I meet a lot of awesome people that, you know, instill to me that the job is still alive and well, where, you know, I might have an interaction with one and be like, man, we are doomed. We're absolutely doomed. But, you know, th then I'll meet somebody who, who will totally change that for me. And, you know, it's, I, I'll tell you what, out of the, out of these uh, that you've been doing your daily podcast, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got a lot out of Eric Allen. Who is, oh my God. Yeah. Is, is, I'm so happy to call him a friend. Yes. And, um, you know, to be able to, to, to work on some things with him, you know, and, and he hit a lot of great points in that. If anybody didn't listen, or go listen to it. Thanks man. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just learn a lot. If you just remain humble and, really open like open-hearted and open-minded to the people around you and 
you know, when you, when you're able to do that and not make anything about yourself, um, you know, and make it about the service and make it about the product, good things flow with that. Hell yeah. I, I, I've seen that. I felt that. And it's so funny because I really wish I would take my own advice from my personal life. I never do. (laughs) (laughs) I get that totally, man. I never do, man. I never do. Holy shit. I just, just had that conversation with Terry the other day. I can't, I can't tell you how I wish I would just could transcend both lives together and make them, make them parallel. To yeah. The I don't, I don't know why I can't either. Well. Trust me. I just can't, I can't do it. That's, That's funny. That is funny. So what's next for you? <laughs> what's next for Eckert? What's next for you, your career? I mean, do you like the uh, captain spot? Is the captain spot a place where you want to be or, or, uh, I love, I love being a captain. Uh, yeah. I'm currently on the battalion chief's list, but it, it's going to expire. I took okay. the battalion chief's test. Uh, we'll see what happens. I've never ridden in a car, uh, <laughs> and I never, I never commanded a fire, so I have no idea what that's like. I would really like uh, to see what that challenge is like. Sure. We'll see what happens. We'll sure. See. It's, uh, it's up to when it comes to New Jersey civil service, you're basically put your hands in, in fate. So yeah, we'll right. see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, for Acker Fire Tactics, we have, uh, we'll be at Joey D, the Joey D. Bernardo seminar. That's the first weekend the in November. Yeah, which is Friday the 4th, Saturday the 5th, and then Sunday the 6th is the lecture series. Look for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers flag and, uh, on Look Long Island. Flyers flag. Yeah. If the Phillies are alive and well, we will have a Philly flag That's true. Well. Yep. Um. Yeah, we actually we still have some spots for our 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 class, our fire guys class. I was just talking to Kevin Yost the other day. So if you got anybody wants to go sign up, we're gonna do like a modified taking through streets. And we're gonna bring nice. it. Um, and then uh, I have a one day open enrollment truck class. This will be in Westchester, PA. We're calling it the Day of the Truck. It's just solely truck company functions. That's December tenth, two thousand twenty two. I got a few spots left. We're almost a sellout. So if you want to, uh, anybody wants to hop on that, email Kate, admin at EckerFireTactics.com, and she'll walk you through the registration process. I love it, man. Well, listen, I, I'm watching. I watch. I watch people. It's what I do. Not only do I talk a lot, but I listen and I watch a lot. And I, I see the tempo of um, the fire service, and I have my own thoughts and ideas of where I think it's headed. I think with people like you that are steering some of the conversations and putting out quality training, I think the job is just as good as it's always been. And I think it's it's too easy nowadays to get dismayed and disgruntled and talk about the job not in a good light. And I think it's, it's too often we do that. And I think for people like you, um, for what we're trying to do and the others out there that are always trying to put a good spin and, and trying to build this job up, um, thank you, brother, because I think you're making an impact, and I think indirectly you are mentoring, and I think that you are making a difference. And, um, you know, straight ahead, brother, because I think you're just doing great things. I appreciate it, man. I really do. And, uh, you know, like uh, my dad always says, you're only as good as your last work in fire, and I, I believe that. And when it comes to fire attacks, we're only as good as our last class. We're always looking forward to the next program and how we can make it better and more advantageous and more realistic. So, uh I thank everybody for the support. You know, we, we've had a lot of supporters along the way, and anybody who does support it from the bottom of my heart and from my family, we, support, we, we appreciate the support. Yeah, man. Well, listen, enjoy um, enjoy Harrisburg. Say hello to the guys yeah, for me. A, I'll have a beer for you. Yeah, please uh, do, man. It, I'm long yeah. overdue for making that trip out there, the pilgrimage to uh, the Allison Hook and Ladder. But uh, it's, it's a place for wayward firemen. 
<laughs> that's is that their slogan? Like I yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It might be. I think I might have just made it up. I, I think know. you I'll did, but I like I'll it sticks. Jason. Yeah. Jason. Well, I'll tell him he's he's another guy that I want to get on here. I have yet to really sit down with him uh and and get Good his luck. story. I know. I know. I know. I know. But uh that place has incredible people. Um, and people that are just unconditionally passionate about the job. And so I don't blame you for wanting to spend the weekend out there. If, if, I mean, listen, if, if you just even enjoy being a firefighter, you don't even have to be a boss. If you enjoy being a firefighter and you get a chance to travel to Harrisburg, PA, and just go down to 14th Street in Allison Hill and to the Allison Hook and Ladder and just let them know you're coming, shoot them a message on Facebook, somebody will meet you there. And opens up for you, and you will just be reinvigorated. Yes. In 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 this whole thing that is the fire service, it's amazing. Yeah, I love that man. That's awesome. Well, listen, yeah. safe travels. I appreciate right, you well. more than you know. Stay right there. I'm just going to sign off, and then I want to chat with you for a minute off the air. So hang on one sec, right. okay? So everyone, right, thanks. Bro. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to another episode of National Fire Radio on the audio channels. Please like, share, subscribe. Send it to your friends and tell them we got a good conversation going here. we got incredible people like Bobby Eckert and the rest of the lineup that we've had on for the last few weeks now. We're going to keep going. We're going to push out a new episode every Monday through Friday, every week, until people tell us to stop. We're spreading the word, talking about the job, because when you talk about the job, you make the job better. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Be safe. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.